Hi, I'm Eric Poulin. And I'm Robin Poulin. We're the co-founders of Calendar Budget, and welcome to the Calendar Budget Podcast. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little different again. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, Meet the Co-Founders of Calendar Budget which we haven't done before. Um, so we'll we'll get started with that. And next week, we'll likely resume back to our regular explaining personal finance tips. But um, we, we do have quite a number of users in, in the thousands of users. And we figured some of you might want to know who created this, this monstrosity that we call calendar budget. No, just kidding. Um, this beautiful product. Exactly. So... Just to set the stage, um, we're, we're obviously married. Uh, we've been married for 21, Two. 22, um, 22 years. Now. 22 years. Um, we have five children. We both came, we're both the oldest of our, like our original family. So I, I'm the oldest of three brothers. And I'm the oldest of two sisters. Yeah. Um, we're within... A half year of each other? Yeah, eight months. Eight months? Mm-hmm. Close enough. I'm the older one. Wiser too. <laughs> the older and wiser one. Of course. Um, that's just a bit of demographics, of course, but the, the real crux of it is why are we doing personal finance? Uh, what makes us feel qualified about that and why are we even here? So um, let's get right into it. So we, we obviously have a business. Calendar Budget is our business. Mm-hmm. Why, why personal finance as a business? Well, that's something that started back when we first got married. You were uh, working as a programmer at that time, and we thought your skills could help us in this area. We were just newlyweds, and we wanted to manage our finances to be able to plan for our future. And we thought, let's put your skills to, to good use. Yeah. And I had some basic skills as well in development as in education, but I didn't have experience in the field uh, because when we, when I graduated, our family started quickly after that. Yeah. So history, I went to school um, for computer information systems, which is, which is a degree in engineering kind of degree, software engineering. Um, And then Robin did the same program after you graduated. After I graduated, I went away on a, to serve a mission for my church for two years. Robin stayed in school. And uh, when I got back and I hadn't served a mission previous to Eric, even uh, going on his mission. So when we got, when I got back, we got married. And then I, I, at that time I was working at IBM as a software developer. And I was just finishing my schooling. And, um, yeah, that's that's where we came up with the idea of calendar budget to begin with. Um, yeah. And so why personal finance? It, exactly that. It's like we... It was for our family. We needed something for ourselves. We yeah. were just the two of us. We had a child almost immediately after we got married. And we're like... Meaning like a year later. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case people are doing some... <laughs> <laughs> 
some you know, calculating. Like the, the kids have done the math over the years, and they're like, okay, mom and dad. It's all legit. Um, yeah, we basically wanted to make sure that we're going to be on track, knowing that personal finance, that, that money issues were the source of yeah. a lot of problems in a lot of marriages. And we didn't want that to be an issue for us, and we wanted to have a number of kids and wanted to be able to meet the needs of each of them. So calendar budget actually started as a little pet project um, to solve this problem, but it was really for me to learn new technology. Um, I mean, not really. It was both for me to learn new technology and to solve this problem. Yeah, they just happened um, to coincide at the same time. We're like, hey, put the answer both at the same time. Yeah, get, put put my skills to some use. And, uh, and you got to be the tester early yeah. on to make because sure. Because of my education, I understood what kind of things to look for, what kind of yeah. things to do to break it, per se, and to, to make it work better. Yeah. So within Calendar Budget, what do you feel like our purpose is as, like, as business owners? Um, let's see. The first thing that comes to mind is just we get excited when we hear feedback from our users about what things they're able to do uh, because of using calendar budget, that they can save thousands of dollars by paying off their loans quickly, or that they can plan for things in the future, like ourselves, when we decided that we were going to need a new vehicle and that we're able to plan a few years in advance for that purchase and to be able to walk up and pay cash for something like that. Because especially with a vehicle, that's something that deteriorates in cost as soon as you drive it off the lot. So you don't want to go into debt for that. So it's it's that, being able to plan for our own future and super excited to be able to help and see others succeed. It makes us excited when we hear those uh, winning stories that they share. So. Yeah. So for me, our, the purpose of our, of our business, a lot of people are in business just to like make money. But I feel like we are very mission driven in that we know we literally know the impact that calendar budget has on helping people's finances be under control and be able to, to see basically gaze into the future of what your money is going to be like. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, helping other people be able to see that, you know, have the flexibility to be able to plan their money and, and then have that aha moment that like, Oh, I can, plan for my future and not just let it happen to me. Yeah. Like that for me is what wakes me up in the morning. That's why I'm passionate about doing this. Obviously I like the, the coding end of things as well, but um, it, it's all in service towards helping other, other people, other couples, other families, individuals, anybody that, that needs personal finance advice, which is everybody. And one thought on that is you don't want to sacrifice your future for what you're going to do now. Of, I want to have fun. I want this new car, new house and everything. And then you retire and you have nothing and you're living in squalor or vice versa. There's things that you want to enjoy now without saving completely everything for your future and never getting to use it because for whatever reason, things that change in your life. I like that word squalor. What does that mean? Squalor? <laughs> that would be just dire straits, not having uh, enough or, yeah, not enjoying life. Just Oh, like poverty? Poverty. Squalor. Okay. That's a new word for me. Huh. Nice. Cool. 
It's also vocabulary increasing on this podcast. He, he so calls me the grammar Nazi. So. The grammar Nazi. Yeah. Whenever we, whenever we're publishing something, yeah, on the website, she's got to. I love it. Revise it a million times. Side note: In high school, I didn't do very well at all. I barely got my credits for English. But since then, we have become published authors with power spending, getting more for less, and working on other things. And I have learned from practicing those skills over years of what looks good, what feels right. And so don't ever count yourself out on whatever you think you can't do. All you have to do is practice. What is what they say it takes 18 minutes a day for a year and you would be better than 90% of the population of the world. You would be an expert. Yeah, 95% of, 95. of Earth. Yeah. That's if you, so that's, we're on that's a tangent here, here, but that's like the, te- the old 10,000 hours to to become a true expert on something it's actually less much less than that it's only a hundred hours if you pick the right things to study in that particular thing yes anyway so that's off topic okay um question for you then um i know so you just talked about writing a book Mm -hmm. i know you're interested in writing a book you're interested in writing fiction as well so That's another little piece of information. How's that going? (laughs) Well, I keep putting it aside. I get into it a little bit, and then I figure I need to learn some more skills about being a compelling author that people want to keep reading. And so I start and I get going a bit, but then also get uh, focused on calendar budget that need to... (laughs) I want to accomplish more of a calendar budget. That's what happens with me, too. I... I start, you want to write something. I start a hobby. It's not writing usually, but I start some kind of hobby. Yeah. And then I'll get into it a little bit and then I'll be like, oh, just thought of this for I calendar just budget. thought of this cool idea for calendar budget and then totally back go back it. to uh, to fulfill my true mission in life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Both of us. Um, I know for you, serving other people is a big motivator. Yeah, um, I'm super driven by that. So how do you feel that you are serving people through calendar budget? Calendar budget, I feel that serving them by helping them to have their eyes open about their personal finances can help them make a difference. And what specifically are you doing in calendar budget that, calendar. that makes you feel like you're doing that? Um, let's see. Other have, than the whole business, but you personally. Yeah, I. the one thing I do and I do really well, I feel, is that I test calendar budget and I do everything I can to possibly break it. So that you guys, before it gets to you. Yeah, before it gets to you so that we can get all the squeaks out and make sure it's operating quite well for you. So uh, sometimes I don't think of it quite the way that you're going to use it, so that's something will sneak past. But uh, yeah, that's one of the big things. And every now and then I get the opportunity to speak to some of the users and interview them about their experiences with Calendar Budget, and I love just hearing how they see it. And uh, hearing what more we can do to make calendar budget work in the way that's going to help them. Yeah. For, so for me, other than actually building the product, um, I answer almost all of the support tickets that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit more hasty on answering those than I ought to be. But um, most of the time when support tickets come in, like it's an opportunity for us to learn because if somebody's had some kind of problem, whether we just haven't explained things well enough or 
um, maybe there's a real problem and then people report it and we can fix it. That's great. Um, but I think it's an opportunity for us to improve as, as a tool so that it's a better experience for everybody. So you're, when you have problems with calendar budget of any kind, please do open tickets. Uh, we do take them very seriously and it's an opportunity for us to, um, to improve the product. Like I look at every email that we get, uh, nothing, nothing is overlooked. Sometimes uh, I do reply and then many weeks go by before you may hear back because sometimes we have to prioritize the work that we're doing. But in most cases, if it's um, a simple fix, we'll try to get that out right away. The, the web app, just FYI, uh, the, so the browser-based app, we can usually update very quickly. The mobile app takes a little bit longer because um, it's just a different technology, right? It, it has to be built um, and then tested, and then it has to go through approvals through the app stores, whereas the, the web app, we can just because we are internally it. test it yeah. and then uh, send it off. Not so many hoops the wild, with the right away. app. Yeah, exactly. So here's a big question. I think uh, a lot of our listeners are um, spouses of somebody who has a stable job and might be considering leaving that stable job to do right. some kind of entrepreneurial thing. Right. That's what happened to us. I was at a stable job. With we a, had our fifth child, with maybe. A decent income, and yeah. then decided that this little side project could be a business. Mm -hmm. So how did you deal with having a spouse that's transitioning? What kind of things were you feeling? Um, and what kind of things did you wish that you would maybe have done differently? Or what advice would you give to people listening that might be in mm -hmm. that same boat? I think in a lot of cases, we weren't in the same boat that a lot of couples might be in for uh, budgeting for budgeting for something like this for planning for something like this because we had been thinking well in my heart I was excited for the idea of being an entrepreneur my mom was an entrepreneur when I was a kid and that stuck the bug in me so I so was how so was she an entrepreneur she owned her own business for making draperies and I saw her learn skills and continue to explore it by going to other professionals like pretending she was a shopper sometimes pretending she was another uh, creator at sometimes just learning the skills in whatever way she needed to including going to school <laughs> that's the skill that's the main skill is being a spy <laughs> exactly <laughs> well sometimes she didn't go in as as a spy per se sometimes she just went in there forthright and said hey i just need to learn something can you let me know and she learned a lot of stuff along the way and we saw her doing it and me and my sister would play business every now and then. So I was excited about the idea of being an entrepreneur. Was it stressful? Uh, it was stressful because we had five young children. Uh, financially, we looked at calendar budget. We didn't jump into this willy-nilly. We looked at calendar budget and said, how long can we last on the savings we have so that it's not a question of when will it run out? It's because we had the tool before we made it available to the public when we were building yeah. it for ourselves. So we already had the ability to do projections before we released it to the world. Yeah. yeah. And so with our fifth kid probably being, I don't know, a year old or something, that that was probably the hardest struggle is knowing that, and also having my background in computer programming, 
for education, I knew that when Eric would say, hey, it take, took me all day to make this one button work. And some wives would probably be like, what? But I get it. Is it because you're an idiot? <laughs> that stupid <laughs> comma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that sort of thing, I got it. I understood when it took all day to make a certain thing work and everything like that. And just, we work well together. So it wasn't as much of a struggle as... I mean, communication was definitely an important piece of the puzzle yeah. um, on both sides. Like I had to be very communicative about what was happening and yeah. what the plans were and what decisions were being made. Obviously you were a co-founder, so you were part of most of those decisions. Yeah. Um, but in order to get the beginning stuff done, I took on a, a more predominant role of a lot of the parenting along with support for you for sure. Yeah. Didn't leave it all to me. Well, but I allowed... It wouldn't have been much different had I been away at an office for eight hours a day. Exactly. It really wasn't that much different. The challenge is when you start an entrepreneurial venture where you work from home. Yes. It's like, oh, I'm just upstairs. Why doesn't he change the diapers every once in a while? Yeah. But I'm at the office. Yeah. Even though I'm at home. And so having long days um, while I'm actually at home for a lot of people is hard. For two reasons, for that reason that I just described, but also a lot of people, they, they enjoy those hours of separation because alone time is important and some, some people, people don't work, work very well, well together, together. Yeah. and that, that can, can be, be a bit of a, a, a point of contention. contention. We, we didn't have to suffer through that because we do work very well together, Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that can be a problem. And we would get invited out for like a girl's night or a guy's night to say, hey, want to go see this movie? We're like, sure, uh, can the spikes come along? And it's supposed to be, but oh, I guess not. Okay, that did a piece of this. So, were you, just to revisit the question then, when we were making that transition away from a stable environment, were, were you nervous at all about where's the money going to come from? How You said that you were nervous about the kids, but why the kids? Is it because we wouldn't be able to afford yeah, there was some things I think that I was thinking may need to sacrifice that if all the kids want to do ballet, that was one of those things we would have to juggle to say, how can we afford that and still survive on the savings we have? Um, could we afford that? So that was one of those things. But as well, uh, just the juggling of parenting where because they were five and very, very busy children. Uh, sometimes like I know you need a program right now um I think let's take that for a break need some more daddy time with the kiddos so that sort of thing which ended up happening pretty regularly and that was actually a huge blessing of yeah. being an entrepreneur yeah. is I didn't miss my kids entire childhood because I was at the office all the time yeah. the office was upstairs I would come down to eat I'd come down to hang out, I'd come down for my breaks, and sometimes I'd come down when when you got stressed out of your mind, which happens a lot, and then for most mothers, there's just, you have to deal with it. But fortunately, I was able to be there and, and relieve some of that. And yeah, because you were at home, like you were saying, if you were at work, I'm sure there would have been overtime coming in, especially with working at IBM, and we would just never see you, but we got to. Yep. So. Okay, fair enough. 
Okay, here's a question, a little more straight shooting question. How do you stay on the same page financially as your spouse? Calendar budget. Your spouse being me. Yeah. Calendar budget. That's the easiest answer. And we set goals. I mean, without tooting our own horns. What, yeah. is, what do you mean, calendar budget? Well, the idea is that I can look at my budget on the computer or on my phone. When I'm out of the store and I tend to be the one that does most of the grocery shopping... Well, at least used to. The kids start to help now. So, but I still kind of manage what's going to happen for the groceries. So how does calendar budget get updated in our relationship? You tend to keep that up to date mostly, but I use that to make sure I'm not going over budget on things. Yeah, so we, we've got um, a system where I keep the budget up to date, yeah. and then you know what's available to spend on whatever needs a spend. Yeah, the kids need new shoes or clothes or whatever. Whereas now they tend to buy some of those things themselves. So that budget has decreased as well. But also we will consult with each other. Of, hey, I just saw this. I remember when we were within our first few years of marriage, I saw this cool uh, projector at the store and uh, I've looked at the budget. It looks to, like there's room in it. And I think that would be great entertainment for the family. What, what do you say? want to do it and it was on an amazing sale i'm like sure sounds great because i know that you already consulted the budget so it wasn't something of oh can we afford it so with regards to staying on page though so you you're saying that calendar budget helps with that but outside of that um like considering that everybody everybody's different like yeah what does our banking look like how where does the money go who pays the bills and in this kind of like Talk about that. That's a good question. Uh, some couples will have like their separate accounts. Somebody covers the housing expenses. Somebody covers the mortgage. Yeah. But right from... Who people, covers our mortgage? No mortgage. Right from even before we got married, we had joint accounts. As you went away for those two years that you said, here's my money in my car. Take care of it. See you when I get back. Hmm. And so right from then... The stage was set. Yeah, we've just trusted each other and we knew that you need to think wisely with the money that you're going to spend because it's not my money, not his money, it's our money. So Yeah, so for clarity, we, we, we have a single bank account that's yeah. a joint bank account. One for our spending and a few different savings accounts for emergency funds, yeah. for kids' education, and for future plans. But we... All, we each have visibility into all of those accounts. Yep. There is no account that I don't have visibility into except for... That TFSA account that you can only have single I think access. I think you have a, a retirement savings Yeah, that's the fund. TFSA account. No, there's another one. Oh, RSPs. Yeah. But yeah, as well... 401k the, for our US listeners. Yeah. It's only in her name because that's legally how it has to be done. And it's then, the only one. But we, we I open the mail. So I see... Yeah. I see that I, you don't even know what the, your balance is, but I do. Do you? Okay, yeah. cool. I know approximately-ish. So, yeah. But I I know that I'm not going to be using it anytime soon. I do look at it when it comes. But but open communication is key to yeah. all this. Calendar budget helps facilitate that, but it doesn't mean we don't talk about it. Like We often yeah. often are having conversations about what's coming What's, uh, you know, what is this transaction that I don't recognize coming in on the credit card? And then yeah. you know, we're not, nobody's hiding 
you know, like nobody has a stash somewhere um, where they're hiding money away or spending in a way that is hidden and obscured from the relationship. We, We have totally open visibility into all that kind of thing, which I think is part of the reason that we get along so well. Like there's literally nothing to hide. And we have similar goals or same goals really for. We should. Current, future. (laughs) Shouldn't we? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're married, you should probably be on the same page as your spouse when it comes to your future goals, um, because you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. Like set the same goals. It only makes sense to me. Like, it doesn't mean that you do everything the same. Like, Eric really loves archery, and I love it too, but I know that he loves it even more than I do. And so when he says, I think I should get a new bow, like, okay, budget says, and this is a goal, you want to get good at that. So, yeah, Yeah. let's do it. It's awesome. Or me with the writing, and you want some education on that? Sure, go for it. Okay, back to being a business owner. Although there is one thing to take note of is I keep up calendar budgets books. So while you keep up our personal books, I keep up calendar budgets books. So even calendar budget, we're having it budget for yeah. itself as well. Yeah, so when you say books, you're, say, you're saying like business accounting bookkeeping. Yeah, yeah. and budgeting for things as I well. I don't do anything there. I don't want to know how to do it. I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> and I find it fascinating. At all. I love no, numbers. Just send, numbers. keep me in the code, <laughs> improving the tool. I don't want to see anything about accounting books. Yeah. That's the, one of the least interesting But he is things. aware of things as well. He knows what's going on. And, uh, I mean, I know Yeah. I know enough to, to run the business, yes, yeah. but I don't... And we make plans together <laughs> on how much operating reserve and things like that that yeah. we want to have and where is this money going to be used. Okay, question about you, about the business again, like just in in general, but for you specifically, what is something that you feel like you need to get better at business-wise? Let's see. I'd like to improve on time management because I find that I get this creative mind going on different aspects and I can go down the rabbit hole on some things and easily get drawn away to, to something else that can be more creative. Like uh, I want to help improve how people are led into calendar budget and how it sits in their mind. And so my brain goes on creative mode for that of what can possibly be done for that. And that could take a while. Every now and then that comes up and leads me on that. Or even trying to balance and juggle like between family and business and personal interests. So. Yeah. Probably if I had to answer that same question, what is something that I need to be better at business wise would be, I think prioritizing support tickets. Um, I obviously coding is, is my passion Mm -hmm. and making the tool better, but answering people's question makes the tool better. Mm -hmm. And when people have are stuck, first of all, they took the time to write me in. They could have just left calendar budget. <laughs> so they took the time to write in about a problem that they're having. So we're grateful to hear that. And while I do try to answer uh, support tickets as, as often and, and quickly as I can, I think I need to do a better job of like following up on them um, mm-hmm. so that I don't want the situation where weeks have gone by where I, 
I, you know, I've responded, kind of identified where the problem area is and then said, okay, we're going to, we're going to work on that. But then, you know, weeks go by before I give an update. Even if we haven't prioritized that in our development, I think I need to do better at just following up and saying, hey, I haven't forgotten about you. This request is still in our minds. We just haven't prioritized mm -hmm. it, but we're, we're still thinking about you. And, and hopefully the workaround we talked about will hold you. Yeah. And hold making, you up until we get there. And make <clears throat> sure that when it is answered that you do feel that it is answered. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I really try not to be dismissive or hasty when I'm answering support tickets, but yeah. it, it happens sometimes. It's not our nature, really. I'm not perfect, and and I, I do try to be really diligent and thorough with uh, support tickets, but, you know, everybody has a, a bad day from time to time, or, uh, or you're super busy and, and trying to just let people know that you haven't forgotten, but maybe you didn't quite spend enough time answering somebody's question. Yeah, I think that's probably the big, biggest area for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, last question on my list is, how do you say no to your kids when they want something that's not in the budget? Uh, well, for years, since the kids were small, if I ever went grocery shopping, I had the three, four, or five, however many kids we had at that point, come along with me, babies or not. And uh, I remember them going to find things of... Like, oh, you want crackers? Great. Which ones do you like? Oh, look at this. You've got three. You get to save some money there. Or if we get the generic brand, you get to save some money there. And I'd show them different aspects. They're so like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's not get that brand one. Let's go for this one. And you saw them to start to take on that kind of mindset and do the same things. And introduce them to thrift shopping, which I've learned that from my own mother and father. That uh, you can get some amazing stuff by thrift shopping or even shopping at stores that uh, would charge lesser prices. So. so you've taught them well. Yeah. But now about how do you say no, no when your kids ask for something that's not in yeah. the budget? I guess the biggest thing now would be clothing. And now that they're older, uh, as the last few years come along, be like, okay, I see that you want these name brand things. It's going to be 60 to 80 dollars $100 for one item. All right, I'm willing to pay $30 or $40, whatever the normal budget would be for that item. And if you want anything beyond that, then you can earn the money and pay for the difference. Or you can get something else that will fit in the budget that I'm willing to pay. Okay. It's a good approach. Yeah. So you don't say no. You say... Here's what is realistic for me. What I can support. And what if you want more than that, you need to top it, it off. Because our kids are old enough that they have jobs and such yeah. that they can do that. What if your kids were younger? Like, how do you say no to a five or eight-year-old that wants something that's not in budget? They don't have means to top anything up except for their minuscule allowance, but that's probably insufficient. Yeah, exactly. Help them make a plan for it. If they really want something like that, but they can still have it. Just how can you achieve it? And how long is it going to take? Is it really worth it? Well, you want a bike? Okay. Do you hmm. Can we get the same bike at a discount price? Can we, uh, how long would it take to save for it? If it's going to take you thousands of years, you're not going to want the bike by that point. You're going to want a car. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that approach. That's a really good answer. 
Is there so, something more that you can do that... Go ahead and try to convince me that I should be going about this for you. So you basically never say no. Always give them opportunity to discuss it and find a way to achieve it. Or is it really worth it? What other things is it going to take you away from achieving that you want to achieve? Yeah. Like you want this giant chocolate bar that's going to cost you $100? Is that really what you want to spend your money on? So you don't say no. You explain what would be required to make it happen. And they end up saying no because either it's not worth the effort on their end to achieve it. Yeah. Or there's something else that's a higher priority. Yeah. So you never say no. You get them to say no. I don't think I always did that 100%, but it's a great uh, approach. it was something I tried to do for most of the time. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we might be approaching the end of today's podcast. Any other? What was your financial experience like growing up? Things that, like the major pillars that taught you that finances were something important to consider in your life? Well, my parents taught me. How to how to save from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an allowance like like most kids do, mm-hmm. but I only saw fifty percent of that allowance. Uh, right. They would sit down with me and and say, "Here's fifty percent of your allowance," and uh, every month or two or three, my dad would sit down with me and show me where the other fifty percent of my allowance was going. Like mm-hmm. part of it was going into a savings account. So part of it was going into long-term savings. Part of it was going to tithing. And and he had this split. And I just got used to taking the, the 50%. I thought, you know, that was my allowance. But I didn't – it was never hidden from me. That no. was explained very well mm-hmm. and reviewed regularly so that I knew that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You don't get all – you don't get 100% of your money and spend 100% of your money. You get a hundred percent, hundred percent, and then you you actually only spend fifty percent or a portion of it, and these other half of your money or this other part of your money has jobs to do, mm-hmm. and they are all laid out. Um, so I had that right from the beginning when I started getting allowance. Nice. I grew up with that, and it's really no different as an adult. You get an income. And you don't get to spend 50% of it now. It's more like 3% of it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, the idea that your money has jobs to do and that you have to set it doing these jobs, paying bills, going into savings, covering yeah. your obligations for, for whatever. And then when when all that is done, then you take the remaining Okay. That was like programmed into me as a young kid, and uh, it served me well. I had some similar education growing up where we paid our tithing as well. We wanted to give back and uh, had a little bit different experience of taking what we did have and finding a way to make it work to satisfy the needs of our family. Uh, clothing? All right, so you need new shoes. You've grown out them. Let's go find the right place to get them that... Uh, our family can afford at this time um, and whatever other things that came like that, out of that uh, different activities or uh, maybe gymnastics or something like that that we wanted to participate in of where are we going to dedicate our funds and so nice. yeah that kind of conversations came up with our parents too Very good. yeah 
also when our parents were thinking, okay, our family could use another burst of income here, that they took the time to educate themselves further to improve themselves that would give them more income. So I remember my dad going back to school for psychology and uh, improving his personal value. And my mom, like I was saying before about her Did he use this in his career? He didn't actually become a psychologist at that point. I think we were starting to get to mid He used it to manipulate you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should have seen it as he was studying. My mom... He would say, all right, just hold this stick and I'm going to drop drop, and you catch it, okay? It was actually a teenager life skills course. Completely. He just called it psychology. Yeah, and made him the best dad ever. (laughs) Yeah, my my mom did something similar. She went back um, when I was in high school and took a course in sheet metalworking. Yes, and she worked with a lot of And joined a union and like that changed the income for my family drastically. Yeah. And she got a great deal of satisfaction out of that career until she retired. Agreed. So yeah, you learn things from your parents in their ways that they handle finances, things that have gone well, things that haven't gone well, and and you learn what to do to move forward and help teach your own family. And of course, our kids have all learned finances quite well, haven't they? Try as you might. You, You would think that the founders of a personal finance and budgeting company would have effectively taught and their kids would be perfect at budgeting but mm-hmm. you know kids are kids they, they they have learned it though they take what they want out of uh yeah <laughs> out of the teaching and influence and a lot of times they just don't want to hear it i do recall where uh when they were young we had access to their account and we would give them the cash to be able to go and spend their money as they wished as time went on. And we would help curb the overspending so that they didn't run out of money and miss out on big things we knew that were going to be coming up, say in the summertime or whatever. And then comes a point in their life, they're like, I am tired of you controlling my finances. I would like have to have access to that myself now. I'm like, okay, we've taught you what we've taught you. And now let's see how you do with it. And some have flown well and some are continuing to grow and they recognize that. So yeah, you've seen that where one was talking to another some save, educator. Save tremendously yeah. and, uh, and have no problems with their finances and other, you know, some of our own kids um, are, are obviously having some difficulties with that. Yeah. But we're excited as we see them progress in, in what they are capable of. We're like, oh, look at that. They're understanding this even more. They're making those next steps themselves. As uh, one of them decided that they wanted to invest, we want. I want to make my money work better for me. And the other ones started listening like, hey, that's a neat idea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it was the first time they ever heard it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the thing. No man is a prophet in his own land. So... Yeah. Much as we are experts, they don't want to hear it from us. Uh, it's they listen more when they hear it from their peers or other adults. Yeah. That they respect. Um, it's not that they don't respect us, but you know, it doesn't quite. It's the same. Like time. not not every engineer has children that become engineering geniuses. Yeah. Right. That's just the nature of life. Kids do their own thing. Yeah. But um, it's fun to watch them learn and grow in that exactly. aspect as well. Exactly. All right. Well. There's a little bit of information about us, the co-founders of Calendar Budget. Um, 
we hope that has been informative for you and enjoyable. We'll be back next week with uh, our regular um, tidbits and advice on personal finance and how to make the most of your money. Until then, happy budgeting. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything you like. I can pay cash, I can pay check, I can pay wire transfer, I can pay gift card, I can pay credit, I can pay anything.